Well, hello, KGF Church family. My name is Todd Ringness, and it is my pleasure to present to you this video report from our 2021 Annual General Meeting. This year, the Annual General Meeting took place online again, just like it did last year. Uh, but the good news is, is we had more participation this year. So the information, the reports were all put on the website, and we had 70 members, 70 of you, that joined us online, went through the reports, and then also put, the, put their votes in on the resolutions that were put forward. And so we're very happy with those results, and I'm going to share with you the outcome of the five motions that were put forward. Uh, the board did a major change this year as three of our members' terms were ending. And those three directors have left the board and the three people who were put forward as nominees were all approved by you, the membership. And so I'm very happy to report that Betty and Bernie and Neil have all been approved as directors and they immediately joined the board of directors. In fact, we've already had our first meeting and uh, we're off and running. Uh, the other uh, resolution that was put forward was I had my term as the board secretary it was just coming to an end. And so uh, my name was put in the hat to serve as the uh, chair of the board, and that resolution was passed as well. So now I'm doing this report in the official capacity with a new hat as your board chair. And thank you for that, and I'm humbled by that, and I rely on the Lord to be able to carefully and uh, faithfully execute that responsibility. Uh, the other uh, big uh, development on the resolutions uh, was the change in title for uh, our pastor Garth. Uh, he's been on the team for a long time, but he's been an interim pastor because our bylaws requ require that the membership approve all new pastors and when they're permanently hired. And so Garth has been an interim role because we've just not been able to formally make that happen. We did that this year. It was on the roster of resolutions and you did approve him through the votes for him to be a permanent pastor. So that takes effect immediately as well. And then of course we put forward the 2021 budget, which was officially, that is what the main uh, thrust of the AGM is, is to bring forward the budget. And I'm very happy to say that that was approved by the membership as well. Uh, and then there was lots and lots of questions that came forward uh, through the AGM. Now, obviously we can't meet together face to face, so we try to facilitate a, an online experience where you're able to ask a question and get an answer. And we had a, a lot of interaction and a lot of feedback and we posted those answers on the website. And so those questions and answers are available. They're still available. If you wanna check them out, you just go to the 2021 AGM link that's on the website and you'll find that information there. It's very interesting and we hope that uh, there'll be some, maybe some answers to questions that you have that'll be answered there as well. So that pretty much wraps up this report of the AGM. Thank you again to all those who participated. Uh, we really need to have your voice and we need to hear from you. If there's still any more questions that you have that weren't answered, or if you go through the information and you've got more questions, please reach out to us. Uh, you can reach out to me directly as the board chair uh, by emailing me at board at kgfchurch.com. That's B-O-A-R-D at kgfchurch.com. And I'll be happy to get back to you. Or you can reach out to the office if that's easier for you as well. All right, thanks so much for watching. Watching. Thanks so much for being a part of our community. We're very grateful for you. We pray that God will bless you, and we'll see you next time. All right, church, before we dive into the scriptures together uh, this morning and continue our way through Philippians, as we just heard read for us, I just want to let you know something. Our board is forming a team of uh, a board member, a st uh, staff, and some of you will actually be asked to work with parents and discern a new chapter for our children's discipleship, our kids' ministry, as we learn from the past year and look ahead into the next chapter of our life together. What might the future of children's discipleship look like? Uh, it seems like it's a great opportunity for us as a church 
to reassess that and then put a new plan forward as we move ahead. So um, please pray for this process so that God would lead us and watch for ways that you'll be invited to get involved. And uh, just have a couple other things to note. Um, we're within our, our staffing load in the, in, heading into the next number of months. Uh, we are hoping to add a part-time technician in our tech area so that uh, Galen has some support to do the, the more and more of the digital stuff that we're doing to help you be the church, to support and encourage and, and move you forward. So within the, it doesn't change anything in terms of our staffing load that you all approved at our annual general meeting. Thank you for that. Uh, but just so that you know, we're on that trajectory and you can look forward to hearing that, uh, more about that as we move forward as well. So uh, thank you again, church, for participating in our life together through our AGM. Uh, kids, in a little bit, you're going to see a drawing that I've done, but you're going to participate, and I, I, I hope you can draw even better than what you'll see I do, so you may want to get a piece of paper ready uh, and, and uh, get ready to draw. We're going to, as it always, head toward a discussion question to apply what we're learning from God's Word, what God is speaking to us, and putting it into practice so that we can know Jesus and make him known and be the church. The question today will be, where are you stuck looking back when Jesus has invited you to look ahead? That's the question. Now, if you're a gamer or know of one, uh, perhaps you've heard about the leaked internal document from EA Sports this week related to their ultimate team platform on their dominating FIFA soccer video game. And now for, for gamer ignoramuses like me, here's the basic rundown of what happened. You buy EA Sports FIFA video game, it's a soccer video game, and within the game are something called loot boxes. And you can spend money on these kind, uh, on these loot boxes, and, and they're described in some ways a little bit like buying a kinder surprise egg with a surprise inside and you discover what's inside and what you discover can help your chances of winning such as adding a better player to your team or something like that and it all sounds like fun and games except there's no chocolate like a kinder surprise egg to eat um, now governments and regulators have for some time taken notice of this uh, kind of fishy thing within EA Sports FIFA Soccer. And you see gamers, uh, because gamers never know what they're going to discover when they purchase a loot box. And that randomness, which asks you for money in return within the game, makes them addictive and, as some governments are describing, akin to gambling. So essentially, a loot box within the game is a slot machine, and people are now stepping forward, admitting spending their savings and even going into debt to experience the high of opening a loot box. But here's the really sticky thing. The internal leak document says that from EA Sports' perspective, and this is a quote from their own internal documents, that these loot boxes are the cornerstone, quotes, of the game. To purchase a loot box is the cornerstone of the game. Another quote, we are doing everything we can to drive players there. And they fill the game with content teasers to drive excitement and funnel players toward 
FIFA Ultimate Team. All roads lead to FIFA Ultimate Team is what these leaked internal documents reveal. And just why is this so important to EA Sports? Well, FIFA 2020 Ultimate Team earned the company $1.49 billion. That's almost a billion dollars more than they were making on this feature in 2015. So it's working. Well, the point is this. The exposed purpose of FIFA 2020 and 2021 is not just to sell you the game so that you can have some fun. It's to tease you to spend more, even if the expense of that is your addiction or your health or even the good of your family. Your money is the ultimate goal and prize. The leaked document reveals what is of most importance. Now, Philippians, and the scriptures really, uh, is, is like an internal leaked document of the ultimate goal of the Christian life. And it's God leaking the document himself. God hides not, nothing from us. Jesus said very clearly and upfront in his ministry, in his life on earth, take up your cross and follow me. Those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples, he says. It's the honest truth from Jesus. This is what he is after. People who will place him above all other attachments and loyalties and identities. Jesus completely leaks his will and intention, the intention of heaven for those made in the image of God. For you, that is God's leaked intention. He wants you to know life to the full and to lay down, take up your cross, die to yourself, and follow Jesus. And so Paul's letter to the Philippians has been underlining this over and over and over. The same mindset as Christ Jesus is to be ours individually and as a church family. To be the church means we will humble ourselves as God has done for us in Christ. To be the church means we are on this journey together in order that the way of God may be seen, felt, and heard in the world. So scripture is God leaking his ultimate goal. He doesn't hide anything. He desires all of you. He desires all of me. He desires all of us. Now that sounds huge. It's humbling. It may cause you to wonder if you want this at all. It may, perhaps, maybe you were just looking for the managed life, the controlled life, a, a life maybe even with Jesus drizzled over what you want or think you want, like, like sugared sprinkles on an ice cream sundae of your choosing. That's what I want sometimes, to be honest. And I've tried, uh, but that life ends up being really unsatisfying. Like your stomach can feel after you get too much of that ice cream you wanted, bloated and empty at the same time. But God's intention is always life to the full and that there is a community of people who are seeking this life together and discovering how to live again or for the first time. Is this what you've been looking for? Is this actually what you have? I feel like I make progress and then I discover I'm so immature. Uh, Like this week, I, I let my wife down again in hearing her heart and truly being a man of God for her. And so do do I just give up? 
no, I, I realize that I'm dying, that, that I'm relying too much on myself or trusting the rubbish that I've put my hope and identity in, that that is actually the problem. The real way forward is the life of Jesus alive in me because that will be good for my wife and my family, my work, my play. And as we learn this together, we can really be the church. So would you be the church with me on this adventure, a gospel fellowship people for a time like this. And I'm realizing I desperately, desperately need this leaked document, this word of life to keep me pressing on, to grow me up and to mature me. But what does maturity look like? What does progress look like? Well, come with me over here to a picture we've got on the screen here, uh, on the whiteboard here. Kids, this is what you can begin to draw. Yeah, maybe you can figure out what it, what it is. Now, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 11, we looked at this passage last week. Paul is describing the ultimate goal, that the mountaintop, the mountaintop of the Christian life is knowing Christ the power of his resurrection, partnership in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, dying to self, and attaining to the life that never ends. This is the ultimate goal. So the ultimate goal is to know Jesus. But that's more than intellectual knowledge. It's about trading my old way of understanding life for a whole new way and a whole new identity. So to be like Jesus, is what Paul is saying. It's applying personally what our mindset is supposed to be. The same mindset that Jesus had is to be our mindset. It's to guide the way we live. And it can be a, a little like this, right? It can be like this picture of a mountain climber. There I am up at the top. That's where I want to get. But this is me at the bottom, of the hill, the bottom of the mountain, before I surrendered my life to Christ. And up there is the goal that I want to head toward. And so to get from, from here to there is actually a climb. And it has base camps. That's what these things are, kids. These are base camps on the way toward the ultimate goal. And there are challenges and, and there are outstanding views. Now let's look at what Paul says. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Uh, you'll be able to follow this along the bottom. Feel free to read it out with me. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, in two places in this passage that we're going to be looking at today, Paul will use the phrase, I press on. It's central to what he's urging us toward. Pressing on is central to be the church in every age. Paul, the great apostle, confesses something, though. He says, not that I have obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. So Paul's saying, listen, that's the ultimate goal, to know Christ and the power of his resurrected life. But I haven't yet obtained it. Because you see, you might look at somebody else. Think of somebody right now that you look at, that you, you think of in your life, and you say, wow, they've clearly arrived at the goal. But listen, if Paul the Apostle, the great Apostle, writing from prison, and he's there for Jesus' sake, if he can say that he hasn't yet arrived at the goal, well, that kind of takes the pressure off of all of us, doesn't it? We can relax. 
And at the same time, we actually need our eyes on the goal. We need to see the peak that we're headed toward for this is the upward call of God in Christ Jesus to know him and experience his resurrected life. The ultimate goal is to increasingly know him and to become like him. No longer defined or focused on the rubbish and the garbage and the false ideas and the false empty identities that I once cling to. The goal must be clear. I must have my eyes on the peak. What is your ultimate goal? Well, seriously, we just consider right now from the youngest among us to the oldest among us, what is your ultimate goal? Unless it is to become like Jesus Christ, it's too small a vision. Maybe that seems crazy, but, but think about it. The world needs more of the beauty and the glory of Jesus. Not more of your religious life or your financial freedom goals or anything else related to the small vision of life you think you want, which can just be about feeling better or, or self-justification or more, being more right than somebody else. The world needs more of the resurrected life of Jesus alive in you, in us. Remember, this is really God's ultimate goal for human flourishing, to be fully alive. Jesus said that if we crucify the life we once chased and lose ourselves for his sake, we will find life. It's in Matthew chapter 16. And this is what the world needs because this will transform us, will make us a blessing to one another because we will increasingly have the mind of Christ and walk in humility and transforming Christ-like presence everywhere we go. The world needs more of those who are headed toward this peak. So what is your ultimate goal? And we can relax because, listen, if Paul himself was still growing up into this, then we can give ourselves grace too, because ultimately it is all God's grace, not our effort that has saved us. But we need the goal. We need the goal. The ultimate goal of God is not to give you an endorphin rush like a loot box, but to make you like Jesus, dying to self, knowing the resurrected life, knowing the peace of God coming fully alive for the first time. And so Paul is pressing on. He says, I press on toward this goal. He uses a word here that's actually crucial to understand. He's using really strong language, the language of hunting down or aggressively chasing. And in many respects, it's autobiographical language. Because remember, and Paul had confessed this back in verse 6, Paul was a zealous persecutor of Christians. He literally hunted down people who followed Jesus. But now he is pressing on, aggressively chasing this goal of knowing and becoming like Christ himself. He is literally describing the flipped life. The zeal that he once directed toward his religious convictions is now directed toward the goal of knowing the resurrected power of Christ. What is your flipped life story? 
If you aggressively chase the goal of knowing Christ as much as you chase the current small vision goals of your life, what might actually take place? What are you scared of? Who are you scared of? What are we scared of? Do you really want to know Jesus? To do small things greatly right now requires we know his resurrected life or we're going to get trained we're going to get drained really quick in these draining times. To be the church requires that we make this our goal. And so Paul, even though he hasn't obtained all this, he's tasted enough and is pressing on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of him. And that's the good news because as I climb toward the ultimate goal, it is actually Jesus who has grabbed hold of me and is taking me there. He knows the way. He's the Sherpa guide. He is the one who is what I'm aiming at. And he gives me the power to get there. His grip on you, by the way, is always stronger than your grip on him. So relax. Relax. And put your eyes on the goal and start chasing it. Grab his hand because he's grabbing you. Let's continue. Verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So he's saying it all over again because you might think, he says, that I've gotten to the top, but I haven't. I haven't yet got there. But here's one thing, here's one thing I do know that I forget what is behind so that I can strain toward that peak. I press on toward that ultimate goal. Paul's saying something crucial for the maturing life that we must hear today. He is forgetting what is behind and straining forward, even in prison. The word actually about forgetting what is behind is literally to neglect. He's literally neglecting and letting go of what is behind him. He's so focused on the goal that he's not dwelling on the past. What an invitation that is. Are you tending more to past stuff, your mistakes, others' mistakes, what you missed, than the goal itself? Are you tending to what is behind? Taking care of it, nurturing it? When your goal should be there? It's easy to tend the gardens of the past and neglect the mountaintop that we're called to, but you will not reach the prize by looking back. Jesus has taken hold of me. He is leading me away from the dead life, away from those things of the past, the past rubbish that Paul described in those previous verses of this. And he's giving me a new identity and a new direction and a new power to live this resurrected life, even in suffering. So I press on and I neglect the past. Now, many of us have stuff in our past. Well, actually, we all do. Let's be honest. Sin. Uh, pain, broken relationships, wounds. This is the human story. Paul's not saying we don't deal with it. He's saying it is dealt with in Christ. 
and I can be free. And we all need help from others, and sometimes we need help from even gifted professionals to forget and to stop tending the stuff that is behind. Are you just tending the stuff that is behind? Paul's saying we don't make that stuff our goal. We strain away from it because we're headed upward. And many of us are stuck because we're giving more attention to the stuff that is rubbish, the stuff that is behind us, that can't be undone, the stuff that Christ has dealt with. And we're meant to climb the mountain, but instead we're slipping backwards and we live our lives like Inspector Javert in Les Miserables. Have you seen that? He's chasing the past, Inspector Javert, constantly consumed by past mistakes and past misses and hunting down those, zealously hunting down the past. And it's driving him to the brink. You are called to the ultimate goal of the Christ-like life. Are you just tending the past? Are you Javert? Paul is being honest. He's just being honest. This, that stuff is there, but he is neglecting it, forgetting it, letting it be cut off, doing the work to make sure it's cut off because there is an ultimate goal that he is heading toward and everything else is rubbish. It's dog dung and it should be swept away. And then he gets really pointed. Look at verses 15 and 16. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Did you catch what Paul's saying? He's saying that to be mature is to think like this. And he's implying that he's right. He's stating in fact, that even if you think differently, God will make it clear to you that he's right. Is that arrogance? No, actually, because he's inviting you up the mountain with him. He's saying maturity, maturity isn't arriving at one of these base camps. It's a way of climbing that doesn't get stuck, that doesn't assume it arrives but that knows the ultimate goal is knowing Christ more and more and exhibiting and experiencing more and more of his resurrected power. Paul wants maturity, stuckness and stubbornness, tending with care your past, your wounds, nurturing them. Ah, that's immaturity. The ultimate goal, you see, of God is not to have you addicted to the past, just hoping some loot box will fill the void and become the dream just for a little bit. No, God's ultimate goal is pressing on toward the prize. The upward call of God to know Christ and his resurrected power more and more and more. This is why Christ has taken hold of you and he's taken hold of us and he's taken hold of his church. We hunt down life with Christ 
and the life of Christ. And we do this with others. We do this so that the world will see the glory of God in Christ. Maturity, you see, is not having arrived and settling at a base camp and making it everything. Maturity is that God has called you up to keep going. Maturity is pressing on, focused on the goal, focused on Christ, coming alive in Christ, even if it takes suffering to make that more and more real. Do you get what he's saying? Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a great man of faith, a martyr of the 20th century who resisted Hitler's Hitler, and, then, and he was hung for it in 1945. From his prison, he wrestled with his own maturity, like Paul. Like Paul, he wrestled. Listen to his words. He wrote a poem from prison not long before he died. Who am I? This or the other? Am, am I one person today and tomorrow another? Am I both at once a hypocrite before others and before myself a contemplative, woe-begone weakling? Or is something within me still like a beaten army fleeing in disorder from victory already achieved? Who am I? They mock me, these lonely questions of mine. Whoever I am, thou knowest, O God, I am thine. Hmm. Maturity is letting Jesus who has taken hold of me, take me toward the goal. I'm not depending on what I am, else I twist and turn in the wind and I look back and I see only my incompleteness. It is to know whose I am and to rest and live in that sure identity and position. This is maturity. This is the resurrected life already alive, though so often shrouded in the storms that we face. To be the church is to embrace the maturity of pressing on. Paul ends this thought by acknowledging, listen, we're, we're, at, we're at different places on the climb. Some of us, yeah, we're near the bottom down here, just getting started and it's, it's easier to see the stuff that, is in the, that we've left behind from this position, isn't it? And some of us, yeah, we're, we're a little further on. Some of us have found our way to other base camps. The point is, live up to, this is what Paul says, only let us live up to what we've already attained. Let us literally stake the ground and live from that place that the Lord has taken us so far. If you're this far on the climb, then for goodness sake, live up from this place. Press on, but don't live back in the mess of the valley. Mature now from this spot and then as a body and as a people, bring others along with you. Mature now from this place or this place or this 
place. Assess how far God has taken you. And sometimes you need a community to tell you that you've actually made it further than you think. This is why we want you in hubs and groups and triads so that you're in conversation and practicing a gospel fellowship life with others. Even now, you are the church and we're to be the church. The church is an open adventure moving toward this upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Going toward this ultimate goal because the ultimate goal of God is clear. It's not a loot box. It is the resurrected life of Jesus alive in you, impacting your household, impacting your workplace, impacting your school, changing your past and taking you toward a glorious future where the resurrected power of Jesus is alive in you. I have a ways to go. So do you. But we get to grow up together. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the amazing grace that has found us all. My friend, maybe this morning, this moment, this evening, when you're watching this, maybe this is the day you go, you know what? It has all been rubbish. And if there's a better call, if there's a better ultimate goal than the lies I've believed, uh, then it is Jesus Christ. And right now I open my heart and my life and I accept him. Jesus, come on, grab hold of my hand. I repent of the past and what I've put my hope in. Take me to a better place. Show me true life. If that's you today, just could you send us a note? Office at kgfchurch.com. Let us know so that we can walk with you and connect you to others so that you're not walking this journey alone, but are moving in the upward call, pressing on, becoming more and more mature. It's God's hope and call for you. Jesus, thank you that this is your plan. Lead us on. Fix our eyes. Help us to forget what's behind not to be shaped or defined by it, but to be defined by your grip on us that is leading us to new places. We worship you. Amen. All right, church. Get to do the work of church right now, okay? Find somebody. If you've got to call somebody because you're on your own, just call them. Call them up, say, I, here's the question. I want to wrestle this through with you. Perhaps you're in a hub or you're going to meet with a hub a little later on today or another time this week. Here's the question. Where are you stuck looking back when Jesus has invited you to look ahead? Don't be scared. Dive in. Let's grow up.